This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We approach the road, we won't bow down. This time we won't be denied. Raise Hey everybody, welcome to episode 20 of Reporting is Eligible. Um, I'm Paul Noonan, I write for the Shepherd Express, an Acme Packing Company, um, e- even after um, Vox's big change this week. Um, and uh, with me, as always... Hey, Merry Christmas everybody, it's J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We have to talk about Vox, because I didn't realize that Acme Packing Company was impacted. I don't pay attention, I don't pay nearly enough attention. But first, we have we to do introduce that. number three here. Yeah. Uh, my name is Matt, but you can call me Matub, in new and improved clarity due to a change in our recording situation. We hope it's new and improved we hope, clarity. Yeah. <laughs> we'll know when we play this back. <laughs> it's fluctuated greatly just in the last five minutes, so we'll see how yeah, things go. That's true. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I'm Meme Smith for Acme Packing Company and just general Twitter, Twitter rabble rouser. <laughs> That you are. Sometimes yes. you rabble rouse and that you choose the wrong safety when you are congratulating them after the game. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about that. So huge um, Twitter week for Matub. Both both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> because first uh, of all, his yeah. me, his his gif about uh, his gif featuring Matt Lafleur after his uh you know after his his mishap in the preseason mm-hmm. that it pays off. The hey you know we're we're going to the playoffs. Very prescient. But afterwards, when Darnell Savage complained about the cold, he was like, oh, "We're so glad you're not a Bears fan, you know, with the Bears anymore." Uh, okay, so let's talk. I my wife had friends over for brunch, and when you're a millennial, brunch is just an excuse to drink and eat eggs. Also, when you're not a millennial, that's <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a universal. <laughs> that's truth. just everybody. Universal. It bonds Fair. us, brings us all together. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, also, uh, my wife's coworker Ashley brought over this monkey bread. Monkey bread's she, great. But she used Hawaiian rolls as the base of the monkey bread, oh. which added an extra little sweetness. It nice. was, it was amazing. Um, so I drank a lot before the game. <laughs> so I the game. drank a lot. More of the story. <laughs> so when you are twittering post victory, also it's a tradition. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I always have a victory bourbon. Um, <laughs> uh, smash Amos. And savage, whatever, look very similar when you're drunk. Okay. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I responded to Darnell Savage as if he was Adrian Amos. Oh dear. 
You know, I've been drunk before, Paul. Mm-hmm. I, I <laughs> even think when I'm drunk, I don't confuse Darnell Savage for Adrian Amos. Yeah, yeah. I have not personally had that I problem. I have also not personally had that problem. I haven't been drunk They're... on bourbon in forever, though. So, In fact, They're... probably not since before the Packers acquired Adrian Amos. So I guess I can't speak to that specifically. Their ats are similar enough to where if you've had a couple, <laughs> two, three, you might confuse them. Uh-huh. Fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, great week for Matub on the Twitter. That's huge. That's huge. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, speaking of Matub on the Twitter, I fought with a lot of Bears fans this week, but not in the way that Paul does. Oh, okay. You're saying you're not seeking out vengeance not, at not, every opportunity? Not revenge tweeting? Okay. I, I'm not. No, I'm not pulling tweets. Um, I am friends with a lot of Bears fans, a lot of Bears writers. I don't know why. I always befriend the enemy. Um, well, they're really mad about the uh, Cordell Patterson penalty on the punt return. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, that was very alliterative. Alliterative. The Patterson, Patterson punt. punt return penalty. So, so the, I mean, it probably should have been a penalty. They or it, should it, it should ab- not have been a penalty. It probably should yes, have been a turnover. It, so it absolutely should have been a turnover. It was a terrible. I think call. that's a legitimate gripe that they have there. That's fine. And However, remind me, this is first quarter or second quarter? I don't remember which. Second quarter, I believe. Okay, so right after Tyler Irvin, our new Lord and Savior, who uh, <laughs> was knocked out of the game with a finger injury, yes. and who is apparently very good. So. He's he's the difference maker. And then Tremont Williams is in returning punts and and yeah. gets lit up. And at full speed, looked it definitely looked like a helmet. It, it definitely looked like he was led with his head. Cordero Patterson did. And on replay, you see knots. Yeah. It's not that bad. And it looks like it it was kind of a bang bang play in real time and yeah. um I mean you probably shouldn't throw the flag on a bang bang play because it's not early, but the flag yes. was thrown anyway. Um also old man Tremont making a very rookie mistake that I mean got Darius Shepard cut earlier this year, so not great there. <laughs> they really well, need Tyler Irvin to stay They healthy. really do. Everybody else no is awful else at to this. Return punts. <laughs> How can everybody be so bad at this one thing? I can't believe they don't even try Marquez Valdez-Scantling, as uh, we've discussed. But yes. okay. He would be, uh, based on his measurables, I think he would be a good kick returner. I think he would be a terrible punt returner. Yeah. Well, you yeah. have to, you know, catch the ball when it's put right into your bread basket. That is a prerequisite. <laughs> but the traditionally, the, the kick returner can have straight line speed and just half decent vision whereas the punt returner needs a lot more agility Shiftiness, that's why yeah. that's why Micah Hyde was always a really good punt returner mm-hmm. but was never a good kick returner okay well in any case um that was not a great you know start for the bears there but they also lost by i guess they only lost by 8 but they were never really in the game so it would have well, taken more than that people were arguing that because the packers scored their first touchdown off of that penalty yeah um but so my counter argument, let's say that the Packers were gifted a turnover. Um, Packers went forward on fourth down to a pass to Devonte that was incomplete, and shortly after the replay showed that Buster Scrine had just a full handful of jersey. That's on true. Devontae trying to break yep. into the, so that that should have been defensive pass interference. It should have been a spot foul, and the Packers should have continued that drive on their own ten yard line. Also, so, all true, and instead so, it was a turnover. Exactly. So tit for tat, Packers were gifted a turnover, Bears were gifted a turnover. Bears fans get the hell out of my mentions. <laughs> you know, we we've talked about the Packers' luck with officiating this year. I still think that's the case, right? It I'm, is. I, I know that. I, I mean, with every one of these, we can do this where well, they got that call they shouldn't have got the, that they shouldn't have gotten, but then they also got burned by this other call. The Packers. I still feel like at the end of the day, they've gotten more calls than they haven't. They've been they've been benefited this year. They've gotten they some luck there. Yeah, sure. barely ever called for pass interference it, it, to an absurd degree. Well, it, you it, can't have pass interference if you only play soft zone. 
I mean, kind oh. of, yeah. That's that is yeah, Kevin true. King ain't getting up in anybody's face to commit pass interference. I'm surprised Love Alexander's guy, not hit more with it, but but he's not. So whatever. Especially with the screenplays that he brings. Ja- I think Jair because he's so small. Like they're like he has to play physically. Because I suppose they would just body him. Uh, earlier, speaking of Twitter, I referred to Jair Alexander as a uh, tiny ball of anger and swagger. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. That's dead on. That is what he is. Imagine, I mean, and like you've seen him, there was a lot of discussion about his ability to blow up screen passes this week, but like he still he still makes a ton of mistakes. Like that, those are going to go away. Imagine when he's like at his full peak of powers. He's going to yeah. be so good, man. He's been so encouraging. He had season. a really good week. Um, yeah, actually, did. a lot of defensive players had really good weeks. So mm-hmm. I know it's it's the Bears, a bit of a grain of salt named Mitch Trubisky, but um, <laughs> really nice job by the defense all around. Um, I think. <laughs> I think we, we can definitively say Kenny Clark's back. He's been oh, man, what a monster. So, um, since we're going to jump ahead to Kenny Clark, I need to talk about uh, Madden for a second. Uh, do we? Yeah, so literally just this is this is completely relevant, I swear to God. Uh-huh. We'll find uh, out. Madden Ultimate Team. Do you guys know what that is? Not at all. Is that the Pro Bowl they, for Madden? No. Think of Madden uh, meets trading cards. Um, you get trading cards of players. They have specific stats, and then you play the game with those players. In so those it's positions. like stratomatic baseball, I, I guess. So oh, there's like, a fake football game inside a fake football game. Yeah, but it's more like a trading card game. Okay, all right. And then you you play football with your trading card team. Um, every it is. Week it's stra- it, that's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm not mildly interested in this, but okay, so, let's still so get it over with. Um, there's <laughs> specific programs and whatnot, like. Um, in the winter, they always do out of position players. So, like, you can get a Calvin Johnson free safety card, and you can have Calvin Johnson the free safety, or um, because he played free safety on a Hail Mary one time. So, Madden makes him a free safety card. Okay. Um, but anyway, Kenny Clark is this week's defensive uh, team of the week hero. So, he got a, a, he got a very, very week. Um, he has 95 block shedding, um, 92 strength. And 91 play rec. Okay. So he's he's an absolute just monster against the run. Um, if if you have him in a in a four three, um, on the as one of your inside defensive tackles, there's no way your opponent's going to be able to run inside. So it's funny that Madden now sees Kenny Clark as like what all the Packer fans have seen Kenny Clark as. Just in time. So the Packers win 21-13 against the Chicago Bears, <laughs> and to uh, to continue down the the path here. The defense, I, I think we, the, the one, obviously the passing game is still not clicking. It's not, probably never going to click, and, and that's the thing that's sort of been front and center for Packers teams the past several years, mm-hmm. so it feels like this is a wildly inconsistent football team. I'm starting to think that, obviously that part is true, but the, their defense is consistent. Their defense has, is prone to make giving up a couple big plays a game. Pro, they're going to get a turnover, maybe two turnovers a game. And they're going to hold the team to like three, you know, certainly no more than 21 points. And that's pretty encouraging. And now they're, uh, you know, they look at the offensive line and the running game and parts of the special teams, not all of it, part of it. <laughs> you start to think to, it starts to kind of, as you look at that whole picture, this team isn't bad. They're, they've got some flaws and they're, their passing game needs figured out, but they're really not that bad. They're not. Defenses come around quite a bit. Um, I, I agree. It's, it probably won't get perfect, but um, with Clark starting to dominate, up the middle like that it's it causes a lot of problems and i think they've kind of found out what they like to do in the secondary at this point they're really good at not moving tremont around where they kind of need savvy um and 
Shannon Sullivan played a really good game. Oh, my gosh. At the so, end, he made I, a great tackle on the last play of the game, too. He did. He really did. He really by the way, when, when, you the say, when you say they don't move Tremont around, you mean Mike Patton. Mike Patton, yes. Mike Patton <laughs> moves Tremont around. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. So uh, in, in my tweet about Jair Alexander, um, someone – here we go. Uh, Jonathan Deal. Uh, tell Paul on the podcast, please. About Jair bailing a, a ball of sweaty. Yes. And then I said, uh, Paul will likely counter with, he's only bad because of Petten. It's not his own fault. Also, <laughs> e- also EPA and baseball. Okay. And Andy Schaff. And Andy Schaff. <laughs> the Brewers have done a lot this week, by the way. We could totally talk about the Brewers. <laughs> we won't, but we could. Maybe later. Yeah, maybe later. So, a lot of time left. Against the Bears? It's hard for me to keep whining about Petten because just uh, I was looking at like season long numbers this week, and the defense is holding teams now to like five fewer points this year than last year. That's a good upgrade. The offense is completely the same. They they average the exact same number of points per game. Yeah, I saw that. You tweeted that out. That surprised me. Yeah. Um. So, and I mean, I think when you go back and look at the games recently, that's that's pretty much true. Like the offense is not great um they're okay they're not terrible they're fine but they they are you know have those long stretches of badness but the defense has been legit good against some bad offenses but um i mean the the bears literally just lit up the cowboys last week for a ton of points and um whatever adjustments they made against the cowboys um mike Pettin countered completely and they went away and it was the same old bears and same old bad quarterback and um david montgomery was still terrible and it was great. So and um, David Montgomery was terrible, even though the Packers in, did not have BJ Goodson, their best run-stopping linebacker, active. Correct. He got less than forty yards without their designated linebacker like, run stop. Mike Patton was telling them, "Run against me, <laughs> run against my team." And um, he played diamond nickel the whole game. Didn't matter. Major could, win for Paul, who yep. has been uh, been critical of the Bears. You know love for david montgomery yeah uh, we can't discount the fact that he's terrible so um but <laughs> but also okay, what is it what's the um what's the word for a base i'm gonna say a baseball thing uh, uh what's the word for a baseball player who can't hack it in the majors but destroys in triple a yeah he's a, a quad a player. player quad a yeah, so that's a. that's that's david montgomery Fair i think enough. that's right i think that's uh, that is a good comp um be- because he did dominate college just by um busting tackles and like abusing worse athletes but you get it it's the rondane problem it's it's you get a, a big guy who relies on power up against uh, a bunch of you know giant nfl players who can't be overpowered and that just disappears so hooray so, for yeah, that there you go david montgomery quad a. yeah cheers <laughs> but i actually think the packer defense might be kind of uh, if you're looking for a reason to be optimistic in the playoffs that's it like they've gotten better recently like that seems to be trending upward um I, I, they haven't. They've not given up as many big plays lately either. Um, no, it's definitely not, like, not in this game. Definitely not in this game. They were uh, the Bears were held pretty much in check. So, and so Pet- did you notice all of the Bears' big plays uh, came on targets of Blake Martinez? Well, I, I didn't notice it, but I assumed it. That <laughs> definitely should be every team's strategy yeah. if he's available in coverage. But yeah, basically, anytime there was a big play, uh, a receiver was catching a ball two yards past Blake Martinez. It felt like Patton was, was sort of not asking for this, but like he was, he was guarding against these big plays. He was guard. He sure. was, he was giving them a lot. I think that's true. They tackled well though. They kept people in front of him. 
Let me ask you this as it relates to optimism in the playoffs, because now we haven't even said it, but the Packers are going to the playoffs. We now know this. They need Hooray. one more win to clinch playoffs. the division. Playoffs. It's happening. <laughs> um, we are talking about playoffs. First time in three years. The the fact that the passing game is what it is, what it is and you know, Aaron Rodgers had another sort of pedestrian week and really only one receiver was making plays. Do you do you have any optimism that that part could actually click in the postseason? Because if it did, I feel like this is a Super Bowl team right now. Um, I agree with that, but I, I don't see that happening. You don't see it happening. Um, is I, is Equanimous destined to return? <laughs> Even if he did, if he's the difference between Super Bowl and not, that's I mean that's amazing. That would, <laughs> so, that means they're already a Super Bowl team. Yes. I mean, you say one one receiver made plays, but one that one receiver also didn't make plays. And we saw a return of drop Vontae kind of out of nowhere. Like, if if you want to be optimistic on that front, I really think that they should just stop playing Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Um, he, yeah. he had a shot that went through his hands. He's been awful. He, he's getting too many snaps. Like, put Lazard at two, put Kumaro at three, and just go with that. Um, I think that's that's solid. Make like pull the pull the Billy Bean Carlos Pena trick here. Like get Valdez Scantling like off the field, off the team if you need to. Hmm. I, think I other, don't know what that means. Allison too. I mean, I, I, he was so bad, I forgot he existed. <laughs> I definitely agree with you on Allison. On the other hand, with Valdez Scantling, let me ask you this: Would it make more? Would it because the the pass goes through his hands? Terrible look. Doesn't get doesn't sniff another real opportunity there. Totally understandable, but he had a, he had his man beat. He did his job. Is, does it make sense to go back to that well at least one more time in the game to try and make that work again, or is that just is that just blown to pieces? Uh, it might make sense, but you also have to you know get that route open again. Uh, I mean, he beat that guy, but if their safety's over the top, then it's not there. And yeah, it's yeah, but, well, or or if Haha's over the top, and, well, you know, Haha's back far <laughs> enough to prevent that from happening most of the time. <laughs> Um, Man, he is everything. He absolutely fulfills the haha. Yeah, you know, honestly, prophecy. you know, I actually I hadn't really checked off that box yet because I wrote earlier in the season about how how much better Amos is than haha, and haha has actually had not a terrible season. Like his PFF grades, although they're usually pretty good, even though he's bad. He he's he's actually made some decent tackles in the weeks past. But man, he was everything. He he was completely haha this game. He was just awful, um, so, hilariously so. Just great. Um, Haha ha Clinton Dix so far in the season is credited with five missed tackles. He had five uh, in he, this game. <laughs> he had uh, guaranteed one in this game, the, the long pass to Kumaro. Yep. Um, Haha ha just like whiffed. You can't miss tackles you don't attempt, though, right? That is no, true. He attempted. He attempted. So well, that's but that's why generally he doesn't have a lot of missed tackles because I mean usually he's just running up to a guy who's already on the ground and you can't miss that tackle. It's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, week one of Haha's ha sophomore season, the Packers played the Bears. And it was uh, it was a pretty sloppy game in terms of field conditions. Um, him and Sam Shields just could not stay on their feet. I don't know if you guys remember, like they wouldn't change their cleats and they were slipping all over the place. I vaguely remember a not changing cleats story. And um, so Shields fell down a bunch and Haha whiffed a bunch of tackles. So I sent the song "Keep Your Head Up" to both of them on Twitter, and Haha blocked me for it. <laughs> so it is now four years later. I'm still blocked, and <laughs> Haha ha still can't tackle. So like nothing has changed. Everything is the same. To everybody who who hasn't seen the the gif of Haha ha missing the tackle on Kumaro, it it is hilarious. Um, Hits uh, him with a chicken wing. <laughs> yep. Um, Nagler tweeted it 
first. Um, you can go see it on his. I have a I have a slow mo version from the backside of it, which I think is a little bit better. I want to put chariots of fire over it. It's just amazing. <laughs> Send it off. I'll do it for you. All right, I will do that. Um, and aside from that obvious missed tackle, he also he had chances to stop Aaron Jones and I think Devonte Adams from scoring and just stopped mm-hmm. running. There's a great one where he I, I think it's Jones where he's chasing him very slowly down and Bakhtiari comes just out of nowhere and completely catches up to Ha Clinton Dix um, from like 10 yards behind, even though he's not trying to make a tackle and isn't going to block anybody. So um, I don't know what got into him. It was just a vintage game. Is it the one where Jones like left Mukamara in the dust Uh, and like ran left? It it was left. He, He scored in the left corner. So yeah, I think that's right. Yep. That's yeah. That was a, that was was like, so um, one of the friends I had over was playing against someone with Aaron Jones on their fantasy team and he got up to go get another beer and I yelled up to the kitchen. Hey Luke. Yeah. Aaron just scored from 15 yards out. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's depressing to me that the secondary of the bears is fairly, you know, mediocre at best and that they needed a one, they needed a 49 yard play from Jake Kumaro and that was it from him. And they needed, you know, like they just, they just, ah, they just aren't enough playmakers out there. I know we say it every week, but it's so frustrating that they, they only were able to do just enough against that secondary. It is annoying, but they, uh, if they're going to overthrow to Devontae, they at least did move him around a lot, and they got him in some favorable matchups, so they at least made it easy for Aaron to throw to him too much. Slot Vontae. Yes. Slot Vontae. So, uh, <laughs> everybody should also go watch the, the Devontae fourth down touchdown in slow motion oh, um, because – Buster Scrine like literally jumps on his back and Devontae just walks into the end zone with him riding his back. Um and that that's a really nice play call from LaFleur to uh, to get actually that was a, that was a play call from Rogers. Uh, well, okay. So LaFleur called a slant um to get the first down. Rogers saw press man with haha over the top and checked to a go route. <laughs> Did you see the overlay video of Rogers explaining what he saw on the pass to Kumaro? You must have, right? We did because no, our I, colleague Peter Bukowski made it. So. Oh, he made it. What's no, that? I haven't seen that. You, how did you not see that? I, I, the health department was here today. I didn't have time oh, to fair enough. on Twitter. It's, All right, well, yeah. So kind of gave me chills. Our like, it's incredible. company colleague Peter Bukowski um, made a just brilliant video of the Kumaro play uh, overlaid with Aaron Rodgers explaining what he sees. And like rewinding it back and forth with Rogers talking over it, it's great. Um, everybody should go check it out. It, it's very nerdy X's yeah. and O's, but it's like wow, um, he really I'm does. I'm going to disappear everything. for the next 54 seconds. I'm currently watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really really good. Um, but so it, it was good that they moved Devontae around. It's they got him singled up on screen who who cannot cover Devontae, and you know the only other time he did it, he interfered with him. But it would have also been nice to see them like get Lazard on Amakamara and abuse that a little bit. Um, just move people away from Fuller in general and just pick on the weak areas of the Bears secondary because there are weak areas of the Bears secondary. Um, you know, getting Devontae in space, that's fine. That, that's a good strategy, but they got to start spreading it around to more than just him. And yeah, Kumaro had the one big catch, but it was kind of a fluke. Uh, nice play. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was a little fluky. I, it, I would say it wasn't a fluke that to gain like 20 yards on that play right but the extra 29 yards were a fluke what what do you think because we've obviously talked many times why it why it is that alan lazard has not gotten a fair shake throughout his career we're still not seeing him 
fully no, integrated. They, they here. still seem to have like moved Allison and um, Geronimo gets all these targets, and yes. I'm confused. He drops half of them, and and I wish I had a good explanation for it, other than um, Lazar does have some high profile mental mistakes on tape of just okay. not running the right route. That might be a big part of it. Allison's you know more of a veteran. He's been in the offense longer, but but like Lazard also. Like he shows up on tape in run blocking and doing oh all God. kinds of other cool little stuff. So, <laughs> literally every play of them running at Lazard, he looked like a like a like a stretched out Mercedes Lewis. He's a monster in run blocking. <laughs> he's really good at it. Um, he's a, so he's the next Brandon Marshall. Uh, I'm saying I, it right now. I actually think that's not a bad comp. Brandon Marshall was like the best blocking receiver in the history of football. Um, I don't. Maybe that's a little too much, but. But um, I don't know why they're not giving Lazard more more reps. I he, I think he's still obviously better than everybody else and should be the two. Um, and every time they have they have Allison or MVS featured on a play, it's just a waste. So no idea why it keeps happening. It, that's a change they could make that would legitimately help the offense a lot. But at least they got a big game out of Devonte by doing a good job getting him in good good position. So um, still should have scored more though. Left a lot of points on the table. Here is why I feel like this game is essentially karmic kickback for the uh, the Wisconsin-Illinois game that took <laughs> place in Champaign earlier this year that Illinois inexplicably won. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why I think the Packers should have lost this game. The biggest one is a series of three plays at the end of the first half that were just atrocious. Goodness gracious, what was Aaron doing oh, on those? God, it's it it's Aaron Rodgers throwing incomplete, the, uh, not making it back to the line of scrimmage for the for the intentional <coughs> grounding penalty, the inexplicable draining of the clock that happened after that, and then a pass down the field on fourth and fourteen that gave the Bears a chance where that they would not have had if there had been a running play or a punt or whatever. And then also, this series of laterals from the defense that would have opened up the threat of a fumble to let the Bears score a garbage, you know, you yep. know first half garbage time touchdown that could have swung the whole thing. Inexplicable. Also, who, who did he target on fourth and fourteen? I don't know. Was that Devonta? Oh shoot, I missed it. I forgot. It was Geronimo. Oh, of course, it was Geronimo. <laughs> and the pass was low, but Geronimo, Geronimo could have caught it. Maybe. That's yeah, who he, cares? He Even if he catches he it, then the clock it runs gains out. Gains you nothing. So it gains nothing. All it did was give the Bears a chance. Like it, throwing a hail mary would have also killed the clock and given them a chance to score a point. Um, throwing to the sidelines would have given them a chance to get a field goal. Doing that just does nothing good. Honestly, possibly. it was. I think it was the three worst plays of the year back to back to back. It really I seemed honestly that way. Think so. It was such a bad sequence. And it did not hurt them, so it won't be remembered as yeah. such. But honestly, those three plays are inexplicable. And Which I mean, is, that's got to be Aaron. I can't believe Lafleur would like direct a pass down the middle in that situation. Like, what is, what's he doing there? That's such bad situational awareness. Well, they by were, him. they were a hundred percent scramble drill at that point. Why in the hell did Geronimo scramble to the middle of the field? Who knows? No idea. Like that, that's why he was open because he was in the middle of the goddamn field. <laughs> I then think the Packers really almost get. I mean, they clearly. Almost gave up points on the final play of the second half, too. The the crazy series of laterals. You know, upon further review, knowing that only... I forget the guy's name. The guy who fumbled the ball, the fullback uh, for the Bears. I he, forget Bear fullback. He's name. the only guy who could have recovered the ball in the end zone for it to not have been a penalty. So, like, the Packers... Yes were not it wasn't literally down to the two yard line, but it was close enough. Well, I mean, if he sees Allen Robinson to his right, right and pitches it to him, he probably scores. And so, then they still have to get the two point conversion, but like yeah. whatever. That could have been a disaster. It could it was very close to a disaster. And not to mention the Hail Mary that went out of the guy's hands 
That's a good point too. That, that was one, not that a well play, defended Hail Mary. No, that play did not get they first got a couple guys going up trying to not knock the ball down, trying for the interception, and then it deflects to the back of the end zone and Bears receiver just dropped it. He yep. could have had it. I mean, it was not like an easy catch, but he dropped that ball for the most part, mm-hmm. and that would have been disastrous. Okay, those are a lot of almost disasters. You're right. <laughs> I I don't know how they escaped. They, the the things that w- I I related to Wisconsin Illinois because there were a lot of things that just simply that game went was wrong. also the everything went wrong game. That's true. That didn't happen to the Packers. There were a lot of things that could go wrong that just didn't. But there's no real explanation for why they didn't. So I I I, I do think they got lucky as much as I think the defense. I mean, they balled out. The, the offense would get on the field in the second half. They'd you know, run three plays, chip off a minute, and be off the field, and the defense was right back on. They were clearly gassed, and they definitely did their part. They definitely did their part. Bears own the time of possession. So I, I really do think that they did play well. But this is a, this is a lucky win. I, I know people kind of realize that. It's just We have so many lucky ooh, wins this year. So many. Um, it, so uh, it's funny that you say that like everything went right. Um, do you know the last time the Packers had an involvement with the fumble in the fourth quarter rule? Nope. Tell uh, us. December, December 2014, the everything went wrong game against Buffalo. Oh, um, I do vaguely remember that game, but nothing about well, it. I don't remember that game at all. Why don't I remember that game at all? Um, um, it, it was The Packers got shellacked they got just destroyed. in Buffalo yeah. by a huh. bad team. By a really, really terrible Buffalo team. Um, I remember them Jordy... being in Buffalo but winning. That's when Nick Barnett was still on the team. and <laughs> I don't remember them being in Buffalo since then. So 2014, they went to Buffalo. Is that like week three? Is that early no, in the it season? Was, it, was, it was like week 16. Wow. 15, 16. Did they not go um, to the playoffs or did that not impact their playoff destiny for it, some reason? It uh, changed their seating, but they still made the playoffs. Hmm. Um, but anyway, Jordy dropped a sure hand. Like it was like Jordy up the seam for it was like, I think the pass was 20 air yards and Jordy dropped it. And uh, he, so, had, he had no one in front so of So what him. was the fumble? Uh, Aaron Rodgers fumbles into the end zone in the fourth quarter and it can't be, um, once it was recovered, it can't be moved forward. And so it ended up being a safety. Um, he tried to, he tried to like run out of the, am I, or am I misremembering? Really? Cause, cause I know Rodgers had a fumble safety in 2014 hmm. but i'm it also might have been against the cardinals i think anyway at one point aaron Rodgers. all right had, we'll had a, no no it was um yeah it had to be 2014 because eddie lacy tried to recover it and move it out of the end zone how could that be and a safety on so the scoring into the field aaron Rodgers fumbled into the end zone oh got eddie, it eddie lacy tried to pick it up and run with it but it was ruled down where it was recovered because it's a because of the yes the, the holy roller, okay roller, i totally roller, get roller. it yes okay. so the packers are backed up into their end of the field i was picturing yes. that they were trying yes. to score about to score okay yes <laughs> so um i referred to the uh fumble ruski against the bears as the aaron Rodgers rule just to make <laughs> just to make bears fans even more mad holy roller one of the better one of the better terminology underused terms in uh, in nfl football fun time uh, can't Ken Stabler has so many uh, named games. Yeah, it's just it's so he's got um, Ghost to the Post. Okay, I haven't heard that one, no, but I, I believe heard you. that one either. That's uh, uh, he won a game with a uh, post route to Casper. Okay, so I called him Ghost okay, to the Post. Got it. Yeah. He's, he's got the Holy Roller and what, what? This, a lot the, of sort of death focused ones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Ken sea, Stabler. The Sea of Hands. Hmm, that one's just creepy. He, Is that Diego Maradona? <laughs> I, I, hand of God. That's hand of God. Sea of hand of God. 
so uh yeah that's like he threw a he threw a pass into a, a huge crowd of people in the end zone and so hail mary dave casper chilton wisconsin uh, so uh yeah uh ken stabler has a lot of named games it's just it's always been kind of interesting to me how many like important games he's played and i think that's why he made the hall but that's a that's yeah. another podcast yeah agreed so um also i want to mention real quick zedarius was a little quiet in that game but he also did cause the dean lowry interception um on, yes. a, on an awesome stunt so um he uh which kind of the biggest play of the game it kind of saved them uh, they were in a little bit of trouble until that happened so um but uh it, a little bit of a quiet game from the outside guys generally and i think a little bit by design i i do think um they sort of focused on getting pressure up the middle um both spying on trubisky and just making him uncomfortable back there so um very good game plan in that capacity uh, i think the, the smiths were charged with containing him um, and not letting him get outside. And uh, once once uh, Nagy saw that, he stopped rolling Trubisky out and it made him terrible. So uh, <laughs> yeah. another thing Petten did well. Um, very nice, nicely called defensive game. And also terrible, but awful job by Nagy, who I thought was a much better coach than he apparently is. He I'm seems sorry, to be having a rough year. Let's back up about six seconds. Yeah. What was that? What was that that you said? Nice about job my... by Petten. Oh my god! Oh man. He did. He did a nice job. <laughs> Paul's a fan. Huge fan. <laughs> we'll see how Paul the year Noonan finishes out. Noted Mike Petten fan. It was the Bears, so we'll see what happens going forward. Major bummer that Darius Smith is not a pro bowler. I'm not smart. I haven't paid attention to the rest of the league enough to know like who's getting in front of him, but like, come on. how is He, he should definitely be a pro bowler. bowler. It's stupid. Major bummer. Um, Major bummer. There's, there's only one pro bowl uh controversy that i want to talk about what's that in the official packers press release of aaron Rodgers and david bakhtiari making the pro bowl oh yeah aaron Rodgers is an inch and a half taller than david bakhtiari that is true just like in real life and they even photoshopped it so bakhtiari's shoulder was in front of aaron so it wouldn't even be a like an issue with scaling and a trick of the eye they legitimately photoshopped aaron Rodgers to be taller wow (laughs) Well, well, let's be honest. Neither of them should have made the Pro Bowl, so it, it's <laughs> this, fine. This controversy shouldn't exist for uh, this honestly, very important point of order. It makes more sense, actually, that a very tall version of Aaron Rodgers would make the Pro Bowl <laughs> over Aaron Rodgers. So I'm okay with it. Um, I think that I'm I'm on board with the Photoshop. Six it's foot six foot five. Aaron Rodgers is is the the man. Well, they literally they picked the wrong Aaron and they picked the wrong tackle. The wrong tackle. <laughs> totally agree. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, Aaron Rodgers, because I know you listen to reporting is eligible. Uh, reporting is <laughs> eligible. No, nobody cares how tall you are. Nobody is bothered by the fact that you're six two or yeah. whatever. Like you're going it's to the okay. Hall of Fame. Yeah, you're taller than Drew Brees. Right. Yeah. You're taller than Russell Wilson. Yeah. No one. No one cares. You're amazing. It's fine. Or have been amazing. Like it's not a big deal. No one cares. You guys, I met Doug Flutie one time. He's a small man. He is tiny. So Doug Flutie, I believe, is listed as five ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Me too. I'm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm five nine without my shoes on. I'm a good inch taller than him. He's a he's a wee one. <laughs> <laughs> he's short, but uh, he had a nice he had a nice college career <laughs> at least. I mean, it is it is amazing that I mean, like I know we, you know, the height height doesn't really matter ultimately, but like it is amazing that Russell Wilson and Drew Brees, who now set yet another NFL record at at, at their height, are capable of doing what they're doing. It is astounding to me. It's astounding. I also think this is something people are just wrong about for a long time. Uh, that height I, I matters. Mean, yeah, at least at that level. Like, 
Uh, maybe if you're like five five, you can't play yeah. quarterback. But if you're just a normal sized person, I don't, just don't think it matters at all. Um, it, I mean, it clearly does not matter at all. But we've had plenty of evidence now that that normal heighted people can be good quarterbacks. And, and Rogers. And plenty of evidence that tall quarterbacks are often bad for being tall. Like Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler, of course, being the the prototypical example, but there's not a lot of good big ones. There's a couple, like Matt Ryan's giant man, and he's fine. And Roethlisberger's <laughs> a freaking monster, and he was okay in his prime. But by and large, those guys flame out. Like, I'd give me the short guys any day of the week. Well, Roethlisberger, the advantage he has isn't even just his height. It's no, his it's just shaking size. guys off. He's just a. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure Roethlisberger's listed at like 260. Like, if that dude's 260, I'm 145. Yeah, he, he probably was 260 in high school. Yeah, he probably That's was <laughs> before he Last, filled out. Yeah, before yeah. he filled out. Oh boy. I mean, he's a good old Ohio boy. I don't know if you guys have ever been to Frickers. That's that's pretty good wing joint. You could you could pack on some lbs there. Yeah, sounds delicious. Last thought on Trubisky. We've we've made fun of him all year. Yeah, let's do it again. We should definitely Woo. continue to make fun of him. Is there any chance that the there were some preseason predictions that he was going to evolve past Aaron Rodgers? We've seen Aaron Rodgers slip backward a little bit. Mm-hmm. Trubisky is fairly mobile. We didn't, you know, like you talked about the game plan to take that away from him. Is there any <laughs> chance? He becomes effective in the NFC NFC North. I, I think it takes a unique game plan to make him effective. He's. I, I think. I think he would thrive in Greg Roman's scheme. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but didn't you just didn't you just compare him to Kaepernick? Yes. Yeah, he like. He's not quite right. like Kaepernick because he's not as fast. But that's your best. That is your only chance with him, I think, because he's not going to be a good pocket passer. He's just not accurate enough. We've we've seen this enough now to know that. Um, he's not going to take a step forward with accuracy. Nobody ever does. You can't blame his weapons. Like Allen Robinson's good. Um, I, I Taylor Gabriel, I think, is pretty good. His tight ends are terrible, but um, those two receivers are really good. Yeah, Anthony Miller. Anthony is good. Miller is incredible. I mean, he had a great game, but he's, like he's, he seems to be good. It's hard to judge completely with Trubisky because he also disappears you sometimes. Him, you just called him bad last week. <laughs> well, I'm not sure he's good. Um, I, I I will actually kind of stand by that a little bit. I, I don't. <laughs> he did have a good game. Though. He had a good game, but I'm he's had good games before. He's had a lot of bad games. Um, I want to see him with a like an average quarterback before I say he's good. And I, I but Allen Robinson is objective. Allen Robinson's good. good. We've seen him <laughs> with lots of different yeah. kinds of quarterbacks, and he's always good as long as he's healthy. So you can't blame that on. Th- this is just not a good pick. Trubisky's just bad. Um, I I hope I hope he finishes the season well, and they pick up his option and keep him around for a while. But yep. Um, Lions announced they're keeping Patricia around. Yes. That team is just. Terrible. I, it, honestly, I don't think we can even judge the Lions. They've had so many injuries. I have no idea. But <laughs> Matt Patricia isn't making them. I mean, better. Yeah, than but when you when you're injury depleted and then you trade away your starting safety, there's like what there, are you even? There's, doing? Yeah, that was strange. That, that, I mean, that's not Patricia's fault. That's the front office's fault too. Um, but I, I also think there there's going to be quite a few openings this off season. And uh, if you're the Lions, are you going to do better? Because you're not the best organization. You're not going to attract. True the best coaches that are out there, if there's competition for them, you're going to end up with the bottom feeder. So um, I think that plays into it a good amount too. And yeah, you can give him another chance because that team was a mess and Stafford's on IR now, by the way. So we're not facing him in the last week of the season. Um, But yeah, uh, he's not a good coach. So hooray for keeping him around too. God bless the the NFC North. (laughs) I really think the lions could blow up all over the place. (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. Uh, Real quick to go back, 
few things bring me greater joy than seeing a big man like Dean Lowry catching a ball straight in his face and picking it off TJ Watt style. Nice reaction time by Dean. Incredible. And like you said, maybe the play of the game, I, I think there's a couple possibilities, but that one, I wish it had led to the sustained drive that ended the game, but it doesn't matter. It was, no, no. It was glorious. Fat man with the football, especially on an athletic play like that. Ooh. Imagine Against the being, Bears. Imagine being on your opponent's 27 and then taking a sack for 11-yard loss on third down. It's a t- It's not what you want. No, no, it's bad. It, oh, and Rashawn Aaron, Gary with a big sack, by the way, on first. Uh, also, yes. Yeah, nice, nice. not a bad game for Rashawn Gary. Well done. He's shown some I, flashes. I hate it when guys show flashes because <laughs> not consistent enough, but better than not, I suppose. No, because then you get Nick Perry, who shows enough flashes to get a bajillion yeah, dollars. Yeah, damn, Nick Perry. That better not end up being a good comp. Yeah. Um. So Nick Perry was a good athlete because he was a tweener. Uh, Rashawn Gary is just a great athlete. That's period. true. He's a big dude. That's that's fine. It is interesting so, that they took him as sort of the project as the higher of the two first round draft picks. I mean, I think this is exactly what they could have hoped for. Rashawn Gary, not that you're like confident he'll be a he'll be a, a solid contributor next year, but probably trending in that direction. And then Savage, the later pick, is the guy who's like you know a guy you rely on. It's he had sort a good game too. Yeah, he he was all over the place. Yeah. And seems he also seems to be kind of picking it up towards the end of the season here. So. so what what tells me the Gary pick was based on the faith in Preston and Zedarius. Yeah. I think that, that they, they purposely picked someone who they figured could be like a top five edge rusher because they knew they didn't need him for a couple of years. Yeah, I agree with you. That's very logical, so we'll go so with So far, it. that has play, played out perfectly, if yeah. that's what they're doing. <laughs> I had a couple logical takes. Uh, someone was complaining about Danny Vitale's snap counts. Uh, like, he only had nine snaps against the Bears. Yeah. And my argument was that he's arguably the worst back in pass protection out of the three man backs. Uh maybe. And I mean he's he's the only one with multiple whiffed. He's not uh, the best, that's for sure. Yeah, but like when he's the sixth blocker, he's had multiple missed blitz pickups. Yeah. And even though Aaron Jones had a pretty bad game uh pass protection wise. He got pushed back a few times. But no one should ever, <laughs> no one should ever complain about Danny Vitale not getting enough playing time. Like right, he, he's fair. a gimmick player. If his gimmick isn't there when he's in the game, they're not going to keep him until it shows up. He's going <laughs> to get his chances and he'll be out. So, um, stop complaining about. I that. I wonder if they <laughs> they would use Vitale more, but Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones just blossomed like they have this year. You just don't. You just yeah, don't just do it. There's no reason to do it. I think that's that's a ton of it. Like there's no reason so, to yeah. ever take him out. I'd use him more. Instead of Jimmy Graham. Well, okay. Just put, put him in but a tight end. That's fine. He, I I would like to see that kind of creativity, but he's also not a tight end, you know? Like, he, he doesn't practice there. He doesn't run their routes. Um, So, once I had him, I would have been like, you're fast and big. I'm going to turn you into a tight end, but he's not one. I mean, Jimmy Graham's not a tight end either. He's just... <laughs> he was Jimmy He Graham. was once. Yeah, he was once. Jimmy, even then, even at his best, he was a... I mean, he, he literally filed a grievance with the league saying he wasn't the tight end like everyone forgets this yep jimmy graham personally defines himself as not a tight end i know oh uh, peter brought this up at apc the other day is jimmy graham the most likely offensive hall of famer that rogers has played with oh no yeah absolutely 100 percent. right i think he is i mean he doesn't have the um, edge on Devontae. Unless it's like Bakhtiari or Balaga, Nelson's not going to make it. Jordy's not going to make it. Jennings not going to make it. Um, uh, maybe some like Bakhtiari, maybe, but probably not. 
Yeah, I mean, we can all dream on Aaron Jones, I guess, at this point. But I suppose. If, if a running back of this generation ever goes into the Hall of Fame. But he's not, I, I don't think he's well regarded no, enough I mean, for that's that. Just a, so it's probably Jimmy Graham, um, which is, seems kind of insane. A little criminal. Yeah. A little, little unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so when uh, when Aaron Rodgers is 40 and Randy Moss or his equivalent is available, Brian Gutenkus should do what, uh, what Ted Thompson did not. So what, um, I mean... Outside of Sharp, obviously, Favre had Keith Jackson, <laughs> who didn't isn't in the Hall of Fame, but was close-ish. Uh, Andre Risen, Andre Risen in the Hall of Fame? He's I not. I don't actually. I don't know. I can I, give I, you the MLB I Hall know. of Famers, but yeah. I mean, you're you're talking about an era of football where there were there's no receivers in. Of, yeah, there was multiple Hall of Famers on the field at the same time. There's no way Andre Risen would ever even be flirted with. Yeah, I don't. I guess I don't know offhand anyone I'm, else. I'm saying I don't think Favre did either. Okay, um, fair enough. Sterling Sharp of, is in, Ster, Sterling Sharp is not in the Hall right, of Fame. Right. His, his his brother in his Hall of Fame speech said Sterling was better. Well, that's probably factually true. Yeah, that's true. Different positions. So, yeah. yeah. So Shannon Shannon said that he's the only member of his family in the Hall of Fame, and he's the second best football player. That's probably true. Sterling yeah. Sharp was astounding. If he doesn't get hurt, he's like slam dunk. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, okay, fair point. I guess Favre hasn't had anybody either. Yeah, so I mean, like, if, if Sterling had extended his career a couple more years, Favre had a Hall of Famer. But outside, like, I mean, name a Packers offensive Hall of Famer since uh, Lofton. Yeah, you're right. Just <laughs> the quarterbacks. So speaking of running backs that, mm-hmm. are, that are at the potential Hall of Fame caliber, if you project them in the most optimistic way possible, Dalvin Cook might not play. Actually, it sounds like he pretty much won't. Yep. How big of a deal is that? How big? Do, how much does that impact what the Packers are going to do against the Vikings here in Week 16? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it again for the millionth time. Dalvin Cook is the straw that stirs the drink uh-huh. of the Vikings offense. So does that mean they will have to be environmentally friendly and not use a straw when they drink? Is that what's happening? If if uh, the straws. Packers if the Packers come out to any sort of a lead, it's going to force Kirk Cousins to throw a lot more, and it's going to go very poorly. I think that's a fair read. I, I do think he's important to that offense. Um, uh, Madison, who is, uh, I forget his full I think it's Alexander. Um, Madison is his backup, um, is a pretty good Dalvin Cook-like. Um, Packers have had trouble with him before, right? Yeah, and he's been hurt too. Um, I, he was upgraded to questionable today and will probably play. Um, that helps the Vikings cause quite a bit if he does play. But, yeah, not having Cook's a big deal. Um it's he makes a lot of easy throws for Cousins. Um, it takes a lot of pressure off of him, and uh, you know if the, if the Vikings happen to get a lead, it's not going to be as safe as it generally would be because Cook is, if nothing else, one of the best clock killers there is. So, um, it, it it's a big deal. Um, and they've been good. They've been really good this year. But I do think that Cook is a more important running back than your average running back is, and his loss is pretty significant. I haven't done a lot of the the breakdown on the tiebreakers, but Packers got a huge break when Atlanta beat San Francisco <laughs> at the buzzer. San Francisco and Seattle both basically need to lose once more. San Francisco cratering a bit, by the way. They've had some big problems uh, yeah. staying healthy on defense, and they are having... Uh, I could tell you as someone who has counted on them in fantasy all year to <laughs> deliver shutouts, like, they have been trash for like three weeks in a row now, mm-hmm. uh, basically since the Packers game. I was going to say the Packers game yeah. might be the high point of their season. Uh, probably... 
It very well might be. So those two teams play in the last week of the season. It remains to be seen if the Packers will have a horse in that race. or I mean, ideally, one of those teams will lose this week. Both would be the most ideal. And then uh, you get you get one more loss for the other team in, in week 17. And if those if that happens, if they both take one loss, the Packers can win out and get that number one seed. Inexplicably, could be the number one seed in the West. They They, they could do it. I personally think they're most likely to get the three. I think that if you expect them to lose to Minnesota, which I kind of still do, yeah. uh, New Orleans is in the driver's seat unless New Orleans loses to Carolina in week 17. It's a Carolina. could happen. I mean, <coughs> Atlanta beat both New Orleans and San Francisco, yeah. so you Carolina's know. Carolina's not terrible. They're okay. They're okay. It's, it's we saw possible. Them. So if that happens, the Packers can still stay ahead of New Orleans, but that that would have to happen. There's... There's almost no way that they can bypass New Orleans on the strength of victory tiebreaker and and get in if if the loss is this next one against Tennessee for New Orleans. So, so the Packers pretty much uh, they really need to win this game against Minnesota to yep. keep that first round by. That's going to be huge. Yeah, if they're going to be actual serious contenders, they need to finish off the season here and get that that by. It's super important for them. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, Vikings, by the way, are the second best team in the NFC by point differential. They only trail San Francisco, and given San Francisco's recent struggles, there's a good argument to be made that the Vikings are actually the best team in the NFC. So, dang, um, that's kind of what you're looking at right now. Um, they're uh, they're good. They've had a really good season. Oh, if people haven't paid attention since last time <coughs> they played, Cousins has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and they've actually struggled a bit on defense. Well. One of the weirder stories for them is Xavier Rhodes got terrible really fast. Yeah, he fell off a cliff. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Rhodes secondary in general has not been it's good. Been Trey rough. Waynes is going to not Harrison be here Smith next year. Harrison Smith also has taken a bit of a dive from Yeah, who saw been. that coming? <laughs> Honestly, Harrison Smith, I thought he was going to be like the best defensive player in the NFL in like in like a year. <laughs> he disappeared. He's not. You don't hear his name at all anymore. You, you do not. Yeah, but he's been one of the best defensive players for quite a while. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Um. So uh, I checked this morning. Uh, the line is Minnesota minus four and a half, mm-hmm. Ooh. which in Minnesota is a really good line for the Packers. That uh, means that on on neutral field, it's Minnesota by one and a half. Yeah, which is ridiculous. So that that means that I think that line's about right, given where so, everybody stands. So we're talking about how how the Packers have ugly wins. They and do. The Vikings and the Vikings are one of the best teams in the league. They are. But you're okay with a two-point spread uh yeah um i mean <laughs> well the vikings schedule hasn't been great either right? yeah i don't trust them that much and like yes the packers keep getting lucky but they also keep having one score games like so it wouldn't be surprising for me if they had a one score game against the vikings here win or lose and Fair that's enough. about where the spread lies so that's fine um also the vikings are zero and three against teams with a winning record Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And they're notoriously bad on Monday night. Not that that's that's a mumbo jumbo stat that no one should really care True. about. But they have beaten up on bad teams. So they, they have that going for them. Beat the hell out of some bad teams. Yeah. The Packers have no. beaten some bad teams. Yes, they've beaten them. Not not as badly as they should have. But Okay. So let's see. Slavante. I think it's questions now. I mean, we could talk yeah. about how Tyler Irvin is our Lord and Savior some more. We didn't oh, um, really get a chance. Yeah, quick quick plug to uh, Peter Bukowski. Uh, again, he said the Packers are eighth in success between the 20 and the 40 on yep. both sides of the field and third in the red zone, but they're 27th between the 40s. That's so, a, That's been pretty consistent for a couple of years now. Um, mm-hmm. So and Tyler Irvin, Tyler Irvin, you are the MVP. Irvin's Get big. Get into the 40. 
Uh, get him to the forty. I do think a lot of that is Rodgers is pretty good at punching the ball into the end zone. Uh, he's still a pretty good um, hard-throwing short passer and makes good decisions. Um, but he does kind of the same thing between the 20s. And mm-hmm. that you know, when you have to string those together, I mean, when you're getting down to the end zone, you get four shots to get in. Um, he's pretty good at doing that. Between the 20s, he does the, like the same thing. And it takes, you know, 12 to 16 plays um, to move between the 20s if you do that because they're all short and execute. There's a good chance when you do that that you're not going to execute three of them in a row properly at some point, either too short or, or incomplete. Or you can throw it up to your number one receiver who's going to flail his arms you wildly can do that too. and DPI is going to get you inside the 20. The referees love them some Green Bay Packers in 2019. <laughs> they do. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> referees love them some Green Bay Packers since the fail Mary. Pretty much. It's been one it's been a pretty nice attempt at <laughs> settling set, setting things right. <laughs> uh, speaking of playoff seating, if the fail Mary never happens, San Francisco has to go into Green Bay. And then they probably win anyway. Yeah, cuz we had no answer for that <laughs> offense. So I mean, they did go to Green Bay the next year, and they and still won. So. Out of them, so. <laughs> Granted, it was a walk-off field goal, but it felt that felt like that's one of, probably one of the least remembered one, you know, like last-second wins or losses in Packers playoff history because everyone wrote off the Packers. The 49ers pretty much handled it. They just it was just a really close game. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. What do we got in those questions? All right, Paul? should we knock out some questions? Yeah, let's do it. I want to do this one first. So, um, Jonathan Deal, would Aaron Rodgers winning a second Super Bowl make Ben Baldwin more or less insufferable? <laughs> and I, I gotta, I gotta start with that because I had to concede something to Ben, which is, um, I, I still, I have to look into this more. But, um, Jameis Winston actually passed Aaron Rodgers in EPA per play um, oh, this week. No. and you know Jameis has twenty four interceptions on the year, and has been like, in terms of other stats, has been good. Like he throws the ball downfield at a high completion. A percentage. little bit of a bounce back here for him. So, um, I thought I, I still kind of think this, but I looked into it and I was wrong that EPA underrates the cost of turnovers. Um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to look at Winston's turnovers and look at what EPA said they were worth versus what actually happened on the subsequent drive when the other team got the ball. And I was wrong. EPA was actually harsher on Jameis Winston than real life was. In real life, um, he has barely been punished at all for his interceptions. Um, the other team has committed like three turnovers on the next play. There's been three missed field goals by other teams after his turnovers. Um, so like his interceptions have actually mattered less than you would expect them to by about nine points. So um, I was wrong. Ben was right. He actually appears to um, have not been hurt that bad by a bunch of his stupid interceptions that he throws. Um, anyway, if Rodgers got another ring, it would be awesome, and it would make Ben super insufferable and make him tweet about how rings don't matter in terms of judging individual players <laughs> so that would be great if that happened just for that reason alone so i hope it does um also because i'm a fan and i want them to win but it's a nice side benefit uh, everything also, changes if they get one more ring ted thompson <clears throat> gets remembered differently even though he won't obviously he doesn't get credit for this team but like yeah. he'll get a little bit of credit for it Gut, you know like guten could still be adored you know everything changes that that second ring just is going to reframe everything so the last, sorry, I got a, the last four games for Jameis Winston, uh, three of them, he beat the hell out of bad teams. Yep. And, a, and in one of them, it was a shootout. Yep. So he was asked to throw the ball a bajillion times. Yeah. Like, you got to look at the situation, man. Like, I know Aaron Rodgers went something like 16 of 30 this week. It was He's had two, a, quite a few rough games in a row now. 
Yeah. Um, but if if MVS catches that that pass, that's fewer attempts because that drive ends. It's an extra touchdown. It is. And it's another fifty yards. I know. I know. And but and he did. So instead of having like a twenty QBR, he'd have like a seventy because yeah. of that one pass. So like I'm, uh, I, I, I tend to be an analytical versus, you know, film feel whatever the hell people say, uh, you know, establish the run. But <laughs> that is that is one of those situations where you do have to look at the, at the film, more than the stats. Uh, fair enough. But that second half for Rodgers was, was kind of rough. So, hundred percent. But I'm just saying, like, the stats would look way better with that one pass. Yeah, that happens a lot to a lot of players. So that's true, though. All right. Next question. I want to do, <laughs> do Steve's here. Um, uh, addressed specifically to me. Is this Steve, Steve G? Uh, BLS207. Steve All might right. be a bot, but he asked a good question. So Probably um, not a bot. Yeah, probably not a bot. You mentioned in the Washington game. Oh, he listened to the podcast, so he's not a bot. You mentioned in the Washington game that they may have discovered <laughs> how to stop the offense pretty definitively with secondary playing further back, basically flooding the secondary with TBs and only rushing four. Did the Bears take any notes on that, or was the offense just mostly bad this week? So the Bears kind of always play that way. Um, they don't do too much blitzing. They have um, you know, a front four that doesn't yeah. require blitzing. Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks are awesome. Um so they did play that way. I don't know if it's because they learned it or because it's just kind of their normal thing. But yeah, th- they are a bad matchup for the Packers because they can play um, with a, a stacked secondary without dedicating blitzers to the pass rush. So um, yeah, little A, little B, but um, we'll see see what the Vikings do next I was week. Because say, can they do that? They can. The Vikings that would be a, a, a little bit of a change in philosophy for them if they um, didn't blitz at all. They. They do some, not not a ton. Zimmer's still kind of a rush for guy, but uh, it would be a good idea for the Vikings because their secondary is a little weak. So it uh, it could use that sort of extra few bodies to keep the Packers in check. It's been weird, hasn't it? Not seeing blitzing. <coughs> it is. It's very year. weird. I keep thinking, oh, they're gonna blitz. They're gonna blitz. They're gonna blitz. No, no they still and then like you you look for Rodgers to be like, oh, find the hot route, but it just doesn't happen in any game. Like it's just him back there buying time and running around. Um, so. Even even when rushing four, Zimmer's a big fan of stunting, um, specifically yes, on the is. inside. Uh, with the meteoric rise of Elton Jenkins and no longer having a black hole at right right guard, I'm really interested to see how Zimmer handles that. Now that the Packers have an interior to the offensive line that can handle his weird scheming, <laughs> um, like I don't know. I think I, the more I think out loud, the better I feel about the game. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, it, that, he's a good stunt stopper. It makes sense. I, I'm, I'm bored with that a little bit. Um, still, I, I still think they might get lit up on defense. I'm still, you know, I said I praised Petten a lot this week, but this is a good test for the defense. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, rumor is that Thielen is going to play. So yep. Not sure if that's good or bad. Depends on um, if he's not that healthy. It's not that great, great a thing. And that injury seemed really bad. So, but yeah, I guess he wouldn't play if he was hurt. Yeah, who's the guy the Bears? The the guy who left the shoulder right away, who gutted it out and then couldn't, the the on defense. <laughs> oh, uh, 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 talking about Akeem Hicks. Yeah, I was Akeem gonna say Hicks, he's yeah. like one of their best players. Why can't I come up with his name? Drawing yep, amazing. Was, it was this that, week. Yeah. his elbow. Yeah, I, but he was still a monster even with one arm. I know. I don't know how he did it, but <laughs> you had to think at that point. Oh, he's either not coming back or he's going to be completely wor- useless. 
I don't know how these NFL guys do it. I mean, I that, that's not an isolated well, incident. That happens all the time. Drugs. I know it's. I know Toradol? it's Toradol. Toradol. Yes. And Vicodin. But yeah. even then, you have. To, well, I guess maybe the Vicodin even helps with the mental side of it. I don't know. You have to be able to <laughs> gut through that. Vicodin turned Aaron Rodgers from Northern California into a Southern drunkard. <laughs> that was so awesome. <laughs> Who made Money. short, quick passes? Money. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's what they need to do if they get in the playoffs is slip Aaron Rodgers a bunch of those drugs. Um, hey, Vicodin got got uh, far three MVPs. Okay, yeah, there you go. All right, we got Joe Rasmussen. What do you think about the ugly wins count the same discourse that has emerged in recent weeks? Um, I'll add to that. What do you think about the they're battle tested? They they're they're well prepared for the playoffs because of close games. I get it, but I also think it's disingenuous when evaluating the true potential of the team. So, um. I mean, I. it's good to get close wins because it's good for your season. What it isn't is a good predictor going forward of your continued ability to win. And I, I don't think it helps you prepare for the playoff atmosphere or anything like that. Uh, it, I think, as always, it's better to blow teams out, um, even good teams, if you can. Um, but, you know, it's not a bad thing that has happened. It's fine. Um, just... We can worry about that next year, and boy, are we going to worry about that next year? Um, but I don't know. Anybody think a couple a couple years ago, I looked at just the seeds of the teams that won the Super Bowl, and it was a pretty even distribution between. I mean, obviously, the ones and twos who had the home field advantage had had more, but you, you saw some. You saw a couple sixes. You saw some fives, yep. some threes. I, I mean, not to say that it's an even shot for everybody, but just getting into the playoffs. You can absolutely, it does of, not matter where you came from, you can absolutely in run a, this thing. In a tournament with a single elimination tournament, right. like, lots of funny things happen. Like Small sample size throws all that out the window. All all the, the margin of victory does is tell you, you know, at a fundamental level how good the team is. But, you know, in the playoffs at a certain level, everybody's pretty good, and a few bounces make all the difference. Yeah. So. Well, I, I also think that there are different kinds of ugly wins. This week's ugly win was much less ugly than the ugly win against Dallas where they almost gave up a 30 point lead. Sure. Like I, I think that, I think that you learn more from an ugly quote unquote ugly win like this than you do like that. I also yeah. think along with the, uh, along with the sentiment that people are unhappy with the ugly wins is just, I guess for me, there is still a little bit of, of, this team is overachieving, and I I don't like to be the guy who's like, if you'd said before the season that they would win eleven games, and two to go, <laughs> like I hate that. But at the same time, they have overachieved, yeah, and and have. the fact that they are winning ugly, even though they they clearly aren't an an elite team, so to speak, and can still be the number one seed in the NFC. Like there has to be a little bit of just suspend, like suspend your critical eye for a moment, and just be like, they're they've already achieved more than you expected. Enjoy enjoy what's left, like. It doesn't need to be beautiful if they no. if they win a game if they go on the road and win in Minnesota by 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 two points that's a massive success at this point they've won the division so I guess that's that's the part that bothers me not not I mean I get why I get why you want to evaluate the team as a playoff contender as yeah. a Super Bowl contender you know they're going to the playoffs or at least strongly suspect it so you don't you don't need to look at simply do they win or not there has to be more than that but there's also just this like teeth gnashing over a team that you know most team most people could not have foreseen winning this many games like you have to yeah. just love it's it a little that, bit it, it's funny that you mentioned that because i noticed the tonal shift after seven wins that because there was now a, it wasn't about a winning season there was more yes because it was it was no longer 
this is the plucky team that's coming bounce yeah. back here and blah blah blah. Once they passed seven wins, it was we are playoff bound and we are now going to look at them with the entitled town mentality. And this is the Packers that we know. Let's forget that it's a rookie head coach. Let's forget that right. there's a bunch of free agents. Yep, yep. Like like they've got seven wins. There's a very very good chance at the playoffs. We're pissed off now. No, yeah, that's true. That happens. Um, I, I do think there's also like some confusing about the concepts. Like what Jr. said, like y- you should be happy that they've done this, like that they've won these games. It doesn't matter in the season you're in how they win those games, and you know th- things also also change. Like they were not a great team in 2010 when they won the Super Bowl for most of the season. Right. And they were pretty. They were a great team the last like three weeks. They of the were a great season. team the last three weeks of the season, and that happens sometimes. If that happens, I mean that's a change in. In your team, and it it happens in 2007. It yeah. happens in 2011. It happens in 2012. When did the Ravens win? 2012. Sure, uh, sure. <laughs> sounds good. Because I mean, Eli went off in 07 and 11. Sure, yeah. And, and January Joe. <laughs> Do you guys remember January Joe when Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco? was good? That yeah, one he was awesome. He was legitimately awesome that playoff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's and and like we go back to the beginning of the conversation with the defense playing well, special teams having its moments, yeah. especially with Tyler Irvin, uh, and knowing what's in Aaron Rodgers' arm. We haven't seen it as much as we normally have, but we have seen it. We know it's still in there somewhere. If that happens in the playoffs, like I don't, I, I I'd pick them against anybody. I mean, you know, they're not going to be favored against everybody in the playoffs, but they sure have a lot. They have a lot of assets, and if that last piece falls into place, that big piece of the passing game. For three games in January, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a special postseason for the Green Bay Packers. Yep, completely yep. agree. <laughs> and then next season, I'll write the regression to the mean. Um, yes, article, and we can deal with it because this is, the Packers are are the 2018 Bears. Yep, uh, that's probably a good comparison. So wow. Well, <laughs> <laughs> prove me wrong. Th- this is uh, what we said would happen, and it did. And yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, you can already think about justice mosquito's column next year of what it's going to be on the regression to the mean on the one score games it's going to be the packers so. actually justice just wrote a piece um about aaron Rodgers is bad because of his receivers well that's true he is bad he because a, of his receivers and he had a bunch of stats to support it so hashtag war on Rodgers. <clears throat> yeah and i've noticed justice isn't always that happy with ben either so um good, good for you justice you're right um let's see Oh, man. I love Justice. Great guy. Next question. We got one, right? <laughs> uh, we got a couple more we can do. Uh, this one's kind of similar. Yeah, let's not. We just, talk, we, we, just <laughs> we just talked about them outperforming their Pythagorean. We we don't need another question on that. Uh, <laughs> so I love Pythagorean because that's a baseball thing, too. Oh, um, Minnie Scottson asks, Ryan Healy, question mark? Yeah, that's a Brewers signing that happened like a few hours ago or yeah. was announced a couple hours ago as yep. we record this on Tuesday night. Oh, speaking of the Brewers, I listened to Matt's clicks. Yes, <laughs> Matt's clicks. <laughs> I told you guys I would. I listened. Yes. I didn't listen to the whole thing. I listened to the first five minutes. Look at what a crossover star you are. Nice Crossing work. over into, another, into uh, baseball. And also Ryan Healy is, I think, kind of bad, and I don't know what they're doing. So. I, I don't either. I'm I'm this this offseason's freaking me out like yeah. i was fine for a while i was cool with everything like oh yeah good 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 and now that the volume is up to where it is and it's just of the guys that they've signed and 
I'm waiting for kind of that one big ticket item to tie it all together, and it ain't happening. There's and not many left. Like, no, there, there aren't I know. There are ticket items left on the market. So. Well, there's some pictures that I'd still love to see them get, but I don't know, dude. I'm starting to panic a little bit. Yeah, this is a weird... I'm not... I don't know what the Brewers are doing. Ryan um, Healy, though, apparently agreed to terms 15 minutes before his Saturday wedding. He wow. got married on Saturday, and, and somebody Congratulations. had reported that... Oh, let's do Archons to, to close things out, because um, Archons, friend of the show... Um, Friend of show, Archon. What what role would you prefer Lazard and Kumaro to be for 2020, um, just in terms of wide receiver number, 2, 3, 4, et cetera? 2 and 0. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> uh, I think th- I, I like Lazard a lot, but I think 3 and 0. Um, I would like them to get a, a better number 2. That I Maybe he can be that guy, but I would like I want somebody that I has a, either a higher ceiling, higher pick, or veteran who I know to be good. So. Well, see, I, I think he would be the de facto number two at, like, week one, but then maybe by week four he's three. Yeah, if they get a rookie, I agree with that. But. Jared Judy. <laughs> There's so many good receivers in this class, too. But so. none of them are this, named Jared Judy. Jared Judy. I mean, people are considering this, like, the 2014 draft, right? Like, this is, like, yep. the mecca of wide receivers. Um, uh, Before we get out, did anybody uh, – so Ryan Ziegler's is, is the Aaron Rodgers yeet in the presser the best thing of the LaFleur era? And I didn't see it, so I don't know what I you're talking either. about. I'm I'm incredibly disappointed because I love saying yeet. I'm a big fan of yeet. I yeet things all the time. Uh, I still think all gas, no effing break is yeah. probably the best thing of the LaFleur era thus far. Hmm... I don't have any any others. The latter, the all all gas no break made my uh, made my quotes of the year, my top twenty quotes of the year in Wisconsin sports. But uh, I don't think anything else from Lafleur specifically did. Roger yeah. saying carry the G with you wherever you go is pretty good. <laughs> that I don't is know, pretty. Can't really credit that to any of the coaches. It's very poetic. It's very <laughs> poetic. It is clearly something he workshopped. It sounds like something <laughs> Ryan Braun would say. It really does. Uh huh. Ryan brought in a couple of my quotes of the year. Uh, I'm they're not, not friends anymore. They're not friends no. anymore. R.I.P. to the to the 812. It's very sad. I miss 812. You know, it was a scratch kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wonder if Aaron Rodgers still has a couple Remy T-shirts though in his closet. I bet he like does. The very back. I bet gets them out every once in a while. Yeah. Looks fondly at them. Yes. <sighs> All right, guys. What do you think? Minnesota next week. I, I don't think the Packers win that game, but I've picked against them like a few times here, and it hasn't happened. So. Yeah, I feel bad for being the pessimist all the time, but I'm going to pick against them again, too. Uh, but, uh, okay. Um, it's working, so. Optimistically yeah. pessimistic. Packers cover, but lose. Oh. That's not uh, who That's not optimistic. <laughs> they still lose. Who cares if they cover? A lot of people care. Did you guys see the, the fantasy writers about the Julio Jones touchdown? Nope. So Julio Jones scores the last second touchdown against the 49ers to win. Right, swung a bunch um, of fantasy playoff outcomes. Yeah, swung a ton of fantasy playoff outcomes. It's like one of the most important fantasy plays of all time. Huh. And these people could give zero shits about the actual outcome of the game. Yeah, of course that's not. that's fantasy. It's it's so, weird. It's it was so an incredible play. It was. An incredible yeah, game. That, the I end of that care. game was absolutely bonkers. Um, just great plays and just terrible refing all around yeah it had everything it really did i love terrible refing it's the nfl side show it's so good. but yeah so i just it's a fun lens to look at things so if you look at things for, through the lens of fantasy or through the lens of vegas betting i think it's fun it is a gloriously selfish way to look at indeed for, we're monday night this week right yes yes so all right so there are there are very few outcomes that matter to the packers uh obviously they want seattle and san francisco to lose 
New Orleans losing has some bearing if like everybody loses out from there, but uh, the Packers would go if they go in two, and the Vikings lose to the Bears at the end of the year. That could matter, but like you probably don't not need to invest too much into it. Yeah. There's really only three games I figure that have anything to do with the strength of victory tiebreaker. So honestly, there's not much to pull for. It's really just cheer hard against uh, Seattle and San Francisco, and uh, you know, for the Packers to beat the Vikings, you probably want that too. That's it. All right. Cool. Be a slow week. Good breakdown. Well, <laughs> yeah. w- with that, um, a- any any plugs, Jer? Anything? I'm j- I'm trying out some other. Uh, you know, I mentioned quotes of the year. Did uh, did a thing of the top fifteen? Or no, top twenty five Wisconsin high school products and in, in their best the best sports years for Wisconsinite basically Ooh. in twenty nineteen. Um, that store needs a little more love, more readers. So uh, so go seek that out. Yeah, you can go, find that at Jer. Check that out. I have account. not checked that out yet. I will go read it. I will be putting together. Actually, there's something coming up that I will credit you for. Uh, Paul Noonan but uh, a couple more that I got coming moments of the year um, athlete of the year overall number one will probably be no secret number two will probably be no secret mm-hmm. but uh, kind of just looking at the best athletes in Wisconsin sports I think I have 19 for 2019 in that category so that's forthcoming you, at JS online are you including John Hack what is a John Hack what is that uh, John Hack is a Wisconsin native uh, he was a Badgers wrestler okay um, greatest 83 kilogram powerlifter of all time had no idea. Uh, he, I, I did this not year know that. He, this year he totaled over 2,000 pounds in sleeves. Uh, apologies to John Hack that uh, that I did not include him on my list. I, I did get a couple emails. One <laughs> for a couple, like a, the coach of the Central Michigan baseball team led them to the NCAA tournament. And I'm just like, right. hey, I don't know. It's D3 shout out. It's yeah. like, eh. I mean, I don't, I, I always hate saying this just isn't as visible. It's just not. I, I hate saying it's not as big a deal because right. you don't want to say that to anybody. But like. You know, these are primarily pro sports. D1 college is kind of as low as it goes. So, anyway. Uh, but w- the the thing that Paul Noonan really inspired is for next week, as after the Packers play the Vikings, heading into the final week of the season, I did a year 20-year look back at the ending of the 1999 uh, Packers season. Oh, yeah. Regular season finale. In <laughs> which they more points to, 99. Yes, more points more 99. Points 99. They had to outscore the Saints. I think you talked about this on the mini pod, but just the it did not end up mattering because the Cowboys won later that night and took the uh, took the final playoff spot in the NFC. There were like four eight and eight teams. Two of them got into the playoffs. It was a wild year that yep. way, just insane. And uh, the Packers had to outscore Carolina. That came into the day up eighteen. There were points during the game where they were they were down because Carolina was absolutely thrashing the Saints. Mike Ditka goes for two. Mike Ditka almost ruined the season. Um, for the Packers. For the Packers. And, by, yeah. an on, by failing at an onside kick with, a, with the game well in hand because he was like all caught up in this thing, yep. trying to help the Packers, and he ends up almost blowing it. Uh, Carolina had a, almost had a touchdown. Musi Muhammad almost had a touchdown that would have that would have tilted things. But uh, the indeed. Packers ended up, you know, getting that tiebreaker. And again, it didn't matter. They didn't go to the playoffs because Dallas won. But yes. it was a crazy it was, scene. It was absolutely thrilling to to watch when it happened. So um, one of the best Packer playoff misses of all time. Yeah, it's a it's, there can't be a better one. There nope. cannot be definitely a better can't one. be a better one. So uh, so yeah, that's coming up next week at jsonline.com. All right, that's cool. Um, so um, I have my Shepard Express column up right now, um, breaking down the the very fun destruction of the Bears. A um, little bit of film, some gifts of haha missing tackles. So um, <laughs> go go and check that out. Chariots of Fire. We have yep. to have that. And um, I, I I barely ever actually plugged. I always forget. But um, also follow me on Twitter. I am um, I'm badgering it in there. Most of you I know already do, but uh, I do uh, you know a fair amount of writing from my two places, but. 
um if you ever want to see some of the conversations that we end up having with like with baldwin and justice and all the analytics guys um worth a follow just for that reason because we get into it pretty good once in a while so um not, not that i'm like friends with them but they at least take the time to respond to me even when i'm wrong so always a good time matt anything good uh so this week wednesday walkthroughs at acne packing company uh i may or may not actually contribute to it but i did come up with the concept that uh, we are going to be comparing a packer to a dog are we yes i was not around this week so i didn't know that okay um, um what john Muir, john Muirdink uh refer- said that after i said that jair alexander was a small ball of anger and swagger he said that he was basically a jack russell terrier i said he was more like a beagle it started a long discussion about what packers are what dogs and we just decided we're going to turn it into an article okay i did not know that <laughs> i like it it has the potential to be highly adorable if the pictures of the dogs are good mm-hmm. Slightly problematic when we're comparing humans to animals. You never bit. really know where that's going to go. Be careful. Yeah, got to be careful. There, um, if we literally were to just translate the the discussion to an article, it would be great. So I think with someone actually putting an effort in editing, it's going to be even better. Uh, uh, sounds good. good. Plus editing. I tried oh. to coin the term pet pet and zoo for the defense. <laughs> Somebody brought up, I think, a good, very good point that it's just not a good idea to to, to compare. You know. <laughs> a bunch of humans particularly men of color to being caged animals so it's like yeah probably not i'm probably gonna, not I'm gonna back away from that i think you're right and i think i should have thought that through matt you're the, you the better pet pet and pot if memory serves anyway so. well no i said like someone someone else said heavy petten yeah yeah which yeah. i think it was uh, chris burke ah, okay. um and then i said that there was like a big dime pun in there somewhere because he really likes big dime but like yeah heavy pet and big d i don't know whatever so anyway, <laughs> we're not going to use problematic puns. We do not have a good pro- We and do not have a pun- good pun, problematic or otherwise. That we and we'll see, see, we'll see if I contribute to walkthroughs this week because I might just skip that one. <laughs> Paul doesn't like dogs, confirmed. I don't like dogs. How do you uh, guys not like dogs? I like dogs fine. I just like other people. I always like mutts. I, I don't even know what breeds look like off the top. Of yeah, my we head, saw so. that dog that you have there. Yeah, I'm sure he's Curly. a good dog. I, I've that, like dogs are cool. They're fine. I just don't want one. Yeah. This is Emmy Lou. Hey, Emmylou. <laughs> Emmylou is, is named after Emmylou Harris. Uh, yeah, country say. music superstar. Our our uh, chocolate lab, is his name is Watson. He's named after Doc Watson. Not a country music no. superstar. Star of 1800s fiction? 19. Yeah. What do we got Doc, for Sir Arthur Conan Doyle? When did he write his books? Doc Watson was a country singer. Oh. <laughs> I'm thinking of, you know. I, I was thinking of the same thing. The actual were. Dr. Watson. You, you, guys, oh, wait. you guys are thinking of Sherlock Holmes, Doc Watson. That's correct. Sure yes. are. Yeah, um, uh, also my in-laws have a very large yellow lab named Hank, named after Hank Williams. Um, also, if you want to see some hilarious things, uh, search my at on Twitter with the words Hank, the world's largest lab. Um, a lot of hilarious pictures of Hank. And then they also have Patsy, named after Patsy Fine. Oh, very good. All right. We have all the greats of country music represented. In Unless dog you, form. You should get a dog named Twitty. Uh, right? We actually, uh, Nina growing up had a dog named Gus. For... Uh, I can't remember. Probably not <laughs> the mouse not from Sleeping guy. Beauty, maybe. Not not a not big country guy Cinderella. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah. Cool. It's, on that note, on that note, um, happy holidays, everybody. It's so and, late. Uh, it's very late. We got to get out of here. Um, and let's see. so um, let's see. Next week is is Christmas. Yeah, I don't know if we're gonna get up here on to Christmas Eve. And yeah, it, I think that might be a little rough. So we we might take a week off. 
due to the holidays. Um, but uh, I can record a solo pod. <laughs> we'll, we'll, <laughs> depending on availability, maybe we'll get something. A little up. bit of an evil. But it probably that. won't be a full podcast. So uh, anyway, everybody have a good holiday. We'll talk to you next week or two weeks or whatever.